Welcome to Good Enough-ish. I'm Brooke Forey. And I'm Amanda Jefferson. We are two organization-loving friends sharing tips, strategies, real-life experiences, and fails of trying to be good enough-ish at everything we juggle in life. I own Indigo Organizing. I help busy people simplify their lives at home and at work. I co-own Curious & Company Creative, a branding design firm, and I created the Balance Bound Planner that helps you get organized and prioritize self-care. You can find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish, and you can find the show notes over at goodenoughish.com. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498. So let's start the show. Let's do it. Brooke. Amanda. Hey. Here we are. Here we are. We're in the same room. And it feels so good. This is a singing podcast now, (laughs) a karaoke podcast. Are there any like karaoke podcasts? Of course. I don't know of which ones they are, but of course that exists. Yes. I'm sure there's um, a a podcast for everything. I kind of want to do karaoke. I want to get one of those like private rooms Uh um, downtown where you can just like you and all your friends can just do some karaoke together. Yes. Let's do that. Let's make that happen. Let's do A good enough-ish karaoke. It would definitely be good enough-ish. It's not going to be good. No. (laughs) I know. We're thinking about like our one-year anniversary. (gasps) Maybe. Maybe just you and I rent a room a karaoke room, yeah. and we just sing to our yes. heart's content all yes. day and yes. record it. Yes. Or not. No, we don't need to record it. No. But I, I mean, I don't think it that needs would to fun. live on in posterity. No, but it would be a fun celebration. We just sing Indigo Girls the whole day. It would be really fun. Yeah. Um, <sighs> quick update before we dive into other updates. I painted my nails this morning, Brooke. Oh, they look beautiful. Thank I'm sorry you. I didn't notice. Well, that I was kind of hiding them from you. A morning, morning nail polish. That's tricky because, like, yeah. I don't know. Morning. It was a bit of a test because, yeah, like you were coming at nine forty-five. I started painting my nails at nine twenty. Ooh. See, that's living on the edge because, I mean, mine would be destroyed by now if I did that. Well, I'm using that Essie Gel Couture yes. that you have recommended that to is me, what I and use. I haven't added. The top layer. I actually brought the top layer down here okay. so that I can add that on during a break. You can do it while we chat. We, I could do it while we chat, but I just felt like I needed a little pick me up, mm-hmm. and I don't feel any attachment to how long this nail polish stays around. Like yeah. even if it's just for today, it feels lovely. My problem is that I then when it starts to get chipped, well, a lot of times I just let it go, so it looks terrible for like a uh-huh. week. Which who cares? Um, but I care. And then when I take it off though, the one thing I will say about this Essie Couture is that because it's like, it's not quite gel nail polish, like what you would get at the nail salon, but it's a little more, it's not tough to get off, but you have to use the acetone remover and then it leaves your nails looking kind of icky. Um, it doesn't make them brittle or anything, but they just look kind of like dry. So I feel like then you have to be prepared to paint them again because I took my nail polish off on the right before heading to your TEDx, mm-hmm. which we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and my nails looked a little, little shoddy. You probably noticed. Oh, I absolutely. <laughs> you it was were the like, first thing I noticed when I saw you. Yeah. Wait a second though. Something that I've always wondered is what is wrong with acetone? 
I don't know. Because like people, like, you know, they advertise the non-acetone, non-acetone, non-acetone as it being a very good thing. So is acetone harsh, drying? Maybe it's more harsh and drying, but okay. yeah, I don't know. But I feel like now that the gel has kind of come back on the scene, acetone is necessary. Yes, because you're not going to be able to use your regular non-acetone nail polish remover. Like if you try to use that on the Essie stuff, it won't come off. Correct. So we'll see. We'll have to give another riveting update uh, <laughs> after you remove the nail polish. But they look lovely. Don't they look so nice? I like that you gave yourself a little boost. Yeah. Just, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do that and then do any like because I do too much stuff with my hands so then I always ruin them I was shocked I mean because I still rolled up my yoga mat I put this table up <gasps> that we're sitting at or, you know this collapsible table I made eggs you I you. yeah I mean I've done a lot and they're still looking fabulous my mom complimented me on them already wow I know okay all right it's a good morning and it's a good morning I did yoga today Again. Again. This is what, our third episode where you're keeping up with the yogs. <laughs> and no, what I searched with the yogs. No, that's not a thing. I think. Sure. Why not? Okay. I actually put in the search function of my yoga app this morning, bolster. Do you know what a bolster is? No. Or you, like a, yeah, like a pillow bolster? Correct. Yeah. I was like, give me the yoga that involves the pillow today. Okay. And it basically involves essentially laying on a pillow for 10 minutes. I like that. That sounds like my kind of yoga. <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. You're still kind of coming down from, I mean, when I texted you on Monday, so TEDx was on Sunday. I was in the room. It was amazing. We're going to talk more about the whole experience. But when I texted you to see how you were doing, a bit of a vulnerability hangover was what you, how you put it. Yes. It's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot of talking. It was a lot of extroverting. It was a lot of meeting new people. Like yes. you met this amazing crew of people, but it was a, a full weekend of of putting yourself out there. Oh, yeah. 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 I definitely had a vulnerability hangover. I texted or I DM'd on Instagram one of the other speakers, and she said the day after, she was hor her goal was to be horizontal for 95% of the day, which she achieved. That's a great goal. And um, then she just said, I just keep, and she wrote in in all caps, like what just happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I think just like any big event, I used to, when when I um, ran the, uh, the nonprofit Summer Search in Philadelphia, we would have a big like 450 person gala dinner every year. Oof. And it was also, it was always months and months of preparations. And I would give a talk and other people would give talks and big fundraising goal and tons of logistics. And after that, it would be like I was hit by a truck mm -hmm. for like a week afterwards because it's the adrenaline of the deadline that's keeping you going. But then yeah. after, so like anybody that's ever had a wedding or whatever, like it's just like, yeah. So definitely had a bit of a vulnerability hangover. Um, I was only able to watch the replay yesterday. Mm-hmm. I just got off the stage and I was like, I don't really know what just happened. I don't yeah. remember what just happened, but I think I gave a 13-minute speech. I think I did not fall off the stage. Maybe. And I think perhaps. I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of those things. Check, check, check. Alive. You did it. It was great. But I mean, it's also something that you prepared. Well, first of all, you put yourself out there and we're going to talk a bit about how you set this goal to do more speaking engagements. TEDx was one of those lofty goals. 
And I want to hear more about like the steps that you took to achieve that goal, because I'm someone who I've gotten a little bit better at this, but I'll set a goal and be like, I want to do this. But then I don't actually take any specific steps to make that happen, yeah. or I don't know what those steps are. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed with, you know, months ago when TEDx was just like a little glimmer of an idea that yeah. maybe something you were going to apply for eventually. Yeah that you had kind of this plan in place of the things that you were going to do to make that happen. So we're going to talk a little bit about putting yourself out there in that way, setting a goal and finding the steps to take. Because I think that's what I was so impressed with. Like you found the um, the program and the, the help, like one of my words of the year this yeah, year is help. like help, like finding the right mm-hmm. people to help you on mm-hmm. a certain path. And you did that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I'm really excited to dive into all of that too. Um, because I think for me, you know, we've talked a million times on this podcast about Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies and how I'm an obliger. Yeah. So in many ways, this process is perfect for the obliger because it's very deadline focused, application focused, very clear steps to follow. So you once you decide I want to do a TEDx or I'm going to apply for this TEDx, then you are at the mercy of their requirements, their questions, their deadlines, and you just kind of follow the steps and follow the rules. Whereas if you're just like, oh, I want to book more speaking engagements and I have no idea where or when, like the obliger is like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what right. to do. Right. So, well, should we take a little break? Let's take a and break. And just kind of come back and dive right in. We're going to dive right in because there's like so much behind Ugh, the scenes so that I feel like much. you need to share. And I feel like it's relatable to anyone that's just got some sort of little dream. Yes. I can't wait. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners. Amanda here. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by leaving positive ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you're on an iPhone, find that purple podcast app, search for Good Enough-ish, scroll down to the ratings and reviews sections to tap five stars and write your own review. You might even get a shout out on the show. Your support means so much and will help new listeners find us. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Hey listeners, just a heads up that in this episode, we do talk a bit about body issues and diet culture. So if that's something that you're not in a good place to listen to, feel free to skip ahead to the next episode. Thanks for listening. All right. We are back. We're back. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. There's so much to process. This is going to be a seven, either a seven hour episode or a seven part episode. Okay. All right. And it's, it's always, always the seven. seven. Always, always the, the seven. seven. Jinx. Um, okay. So first, Amanda, for anyone that doesn't know, I feel like we've, we've, touched on this a little bit, but what is TED? Yeah. So TED, and I won't get my history right, but it (laughs) is a conference that has existed for many years that its whole sort of tagline is ideas worth spreading. Mm -hmm. And it's basically um, this conference that takes place every year with people like, you know, Bill Gates in attendance and all these sort of heavy hitter movers and shakers from around the world. And they get up on stage and they give, I think, anywhere from like a five to an 18-minute 
talk. To go to the TED Comrins, it's like $25,000 or oh something my. for yeah. a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really wanted to sort of democratize to size, democratize, <laughs> open up <laughs> those TEDs so that the lay folk could also the lay folk, the lay folk could also um, benefit from this knowledge. So you can go to TED.com and watch TED Talks on basically any possible topic that's out there. TEDx are independently run local TED events, mm-hmm. TEDx events. So you have to apply to get a TEDx license. Um, and so you can go on TED.com and you will see um, lots of TEDx's. So you might see TEDx Bloomington or TEDx whatever. Mm-hmm. And those are independently run talks. Sometimes it's the launching pad for people who go on to the TED stage. Mm-hmm. So like Brene Brown, for example, is a very famous example. Her first TED was a TEDx. Hmm. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. And it went ultra viral. And then I think she's done one to two TED- TEDs since. So for some people... It's a launching pad. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, when Nick and I were talking about it the other day, he's like, I think the only TED Talk I've ever watched is the How to Tie Your Shoes one, <laughs> which I don't know if you know what that one is, but like there's some viral That's so funny. TED Talk about tying your shoes a certain way. I'm sure it's a little bit more detailed than actually how to tie your shoes, but um, that was his experience with TED. So I just wanted to make sure people knew what we were talking about here. Yeah. But it was a pretty big deal, Amanda. Like this was, we've talked about it quite a bit on the podcast, but um, I don't know if, have you told our audience what the actual title of your talk was? Let's, let's start there. Yeah. So the title of my talk is, and it might actually, well, it might actually, I have to submit to them an official title. So it might change slightly. Oh, okay. But the um, title currently is The Unspoken and Outdated Rules Living in Our Closets. Love it. Yes. Very intriguing. Very intriguing. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they think like, oh, no, white after Labor Day and things like that. But it's not quite about that. Yeah. It was even deeper. Yes. So the talk itself is essentially, you know, um, so we'll put a link in the show notes for everybody to watch the full talk. It's about mm, 12 to 13 minutes long, I think. Um, But it's basically designed to provoke us into thinking about where some of the rules come from about the clothing that we wear. So I open it with a story of a client who chose to keep a black blazer, even though she hated it. But she said to me, they say everybody should have a black blazer. Right. So I spend a lot of time in the talk talking about, you know, who is this mysterious they? Why are we keeping a black blazer that we hate? Why do men wear pants? Why do brides wear white? Why do women wear uncomfortable high heels? And asking us to challenge that they, which I share in the talk, is essentially just the patriarchy. Yep. Um, and challenge that idea of fitting in and belonging and not ruffling any feathers and just kind of doing what they say that we should. Mm. So... It was neat. It was very, um, it felt very provocative to me. It was really interesting. I talked to the younger guy and he talked about how the talk really resonated with him, that he heard a lot of they's in his younger Mm. years. Mm -hmm. And even he was debating, he always gets flack for not cutting his hair. And so his hair was longer, you know, and I think his family and people in his life kind of always you need to cut your hair, you need to cut your hair. And he was going to cut his hair before the his performance. And then he was like, you know what? I'm not going to. 
Yeah. I'm not going to do that. You know, like I want to just be me and, you know, so it was, it was neat to hear how it resonated with yeah. other people. I love it. Yeah. So take us back because like I said, it was, this was something that you worked towards and it was something you knew you wanted to do. Um, but you knew that you had to kind of put yourself out there and go through certain steps to make it happen. Yeah. So that's where I feel like this is so relatable to people who might set a lofty goal, but not know how in the world to even begin. Yeah. What was your process? <laughs> I feel like I'm interviewing you. <laughs> I know the interview might be a little shaky. I'm still somewhat in my vulnerability hangover. Yeah. But, um, you know, my big goal has been to do more public speaking yeah. because I really love it. I love teaching and talking. And I feel like I've done several exercises over the years about what my strengths are, what what um, comes fun and easy to me. And I hear from people a lot of times that I have this something like tooting my own horn, but I have do like it. warmth. Like yeah. I'm good at connecting with people. I'm good at saying things in a way that some, it might not be something that you've never heard before, but it's a different way of thinking about it. I have humor. In my previous life, Brooke, I, I would have liked to have been a comedian or a backup dancer. <laughs> yeah. I did not know about the backup dancer mm -hmm. part. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I don't think be... I've ever actually seen you dance. No, I, I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. <laughs> it's yeah. It's more of a dream, not like a skill. Is it like Elaine on Seinfeld? Like, have you seen her dance? Oh, no. No, not quite that level? No, not that level. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually right. went down a rabbit hole on Instagram yesterday watching a lot of dance videos. Not okay. like cringy TikTok dances, but like real dancers. Oh, I like, mean, I'm like, I was like number one fan of the first 12 seasons of So You Think You Can Dance. So yeah. we don't, I mean, this is a whole other That's topic. a whole other topic. But yeah. So anyway, I, ha I felt this kind of call inside of me that I wanted to do more speaking. And I've done a ton of speaking in my life, but it's never necessarily been what it's been for another organization or, you know, their mission, their goals. Yeah. So it was just something that I feel really passionate about. And so I joined this. So I think one of the big points that is really important to get across is that when you do have a big goal like this, it's so important to surround, like your word for the year is help. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't going to figure this out by myself. I yeah. needed to surround myself with people that were similar to me. So I'm a big fan of this woman named Jess Ekstrom. Mm -hmm. She has a book called Chasing the Bright Side. Um, she is a, you know, a highly sought after keynote speaker. And she has a group that she has pulled together called um, Mic Drop, Mic mm -hmm. Drop Workshop. Speaker Sisters is what the Facebook group is called. And it's essentially a program that helps you what is your keynote? What do you want to talk about? You know, what is the transformation that you're trying to create? Who is your target audience? You know, how do you write your abstract? How do you write your about me page? Like the whole nine yeah. yards. Um, and so in this, so it gives you very much the practical how-tos, but it also gives you just the sisterhood of all of these other people. Like they've done TEDx's, they've gotten on big stage, they've gotten paid, you know, five figures to do a 45-minute keynote. So to be surrounded by people that are doing it, um, and through that group, I actually met a woman named Carla, who um, not only had she worked at TEDx Cherry Creek in Colorado, which is a really prominent TEDx, um, she had just gotten selected to be a speaker. So I hired her to help me 
So basically, you just go on TEDx, Mm -hmm. TED.com, and you look what TEDx is happening in my area anytime soon, or even not in your area. A lot of the people, the speakers that came in, came in from Las Vegas, California. Um, I know. We were like, I'm from around the corner. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, I'm from exotic Westchester, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but I mean, people do travel. This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very selective process. And so sometimes it's a numbers game. You might apply to 10 TEDx's before you even make it past the first round. So I think there were 200 people that applied for this particular opportunity. They narrowed it down to 40 in the first round, and then I made it through to the second round. Um, But I hired this woman, Carla, because the whole thing with TED is, what is your idea worth sharing? It needs to be exciting, interesting, thought-provoking, something that you haven't heard heard before, or you're challenging something. So um, I hired Carla to help me with my applications. And my first round when I sat down with her, she was like, oof, nope, girl, (laughs) (laughs) this is not good. And I'm going to guarantee you like, you are not going to get selected. Oh, wow. Which I appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate it. It's still hard to hear, but you need some tough love if you're going to meet, if you're going to reach that goal, because think of how much like treading water and application after application after application that you might have done without mm-hmm. this guidance mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Carla and Jess Ekstrom's course. I know you love a course. Oh, Brooke. Yeah, or group, whatever it is. But course is yes. anonymous over here. <laughs> yeah, so that was huge because I remember even one day when you were over here and we were recording the podcast and I was trying to explain what the idea was and I couldn't get it across. And so it's just so helpful to be able to have somebody that you can be like, okay, I think this is kind of what I want to say, but I don't really know how to say it. And for them to say, well, I think what you might be trying to say is this and this and this. Yeah. So I had tons of support to even figure out how the heck do you do this thing. Then I had tons of support specifically applying for this exact opportunity. Um, So I think that was a big first step. But yeah, this has been going on since, oh my God, like July, August. And the application, it's very intense. It's like videos after videos and explaining. It's like explain your talk in seven words, you know, yeah, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. It's like, um, it's like the billboard test <sighs> with my old design program, seven syllables, like get your point across and not even just seven words, seven syllables. Right. And it's like, so it's say kind of why the you're the right person to give this talk in two sentences. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, yeah. So it's a, it's a very intense, uh, like intellectual exercise. Well, and kind of a little off track there, but like isn't that kind of a life lesson, like getting across what you're trying to say, especially I feel like as a uh, recovering people pleaser, a lot of times I over explain the idea of just really honing in on what you're trying to say in as few words as possible is an important life lesson. Oh, yeah. Because what's that quote that you hear all the time? I think I don't think it's Thomas Jefferson. I'm making that up. But some some old white guy said, <laughs> um, like, I I wrote you a long letter because I didn't have time to write you a short letter. Ooh. I don't I don't know that quote from some mysterious <laughs> old white guy. Okay. Right, it's we'll a good one. one we'll we'll quote it appropriately in the show notes. Uh-huh. Okay. <sighs> yeah, so that's kind of setting the stage. You know, it's months of applying, shaping the idea. And then I think what was so challenging was the memorizing. I do have know. to memorize yeah. it. And I've done tons of public speaking, but I usually either have a PowerPoint or I'm standing at a podium 
or I'm talking about something that I've talked about a hundred times. Yeah, like I've done theater and I've you know never quite had a lead role, but I always had lines to memorize, but it's so different when you're on a stage with someone else that like if you forget a line, there's someone kind of nudging you in the right direction. You were on that little red carpet, on that stage by yourself. Like there is no one helping you no. if, if you forget something. No. I was nervous for you. I was in the, like maybe four minutes into your talk, I've, I've reminded myself to like release the stress in my shoulders because just as your friend sitting in that fifth row watching you, I was like, <gasps> yeah. is she going to forget the next line? I had and faith in you, but it's just, it's so nerve wracking. So as the person up there, I don't know how you did that. I know. It's very strange what the mind does when you're up there. Like it, it's a, so amazing how the mind can have so many different tracks. Yeah. You know, it's like the one track was me opening my mouth and saying the words that I needed to say and using the hand signals that I needed to use and all of that kind of stuff. And the other track, which was very alive and well up there on stage was, I don't know what the next line is. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm standing up here. The lights are so bright. I can't see anything. Oh, that guy's smiling. I'll connect with him. Like It's amazing that your brain yeah. can multitask and do those two things at the same time. But there were several points in the talk that as I'm saying the sentence, I was like, I have no idea what the next sentence is. Ooh. But I'm glad I wasn't in your brain at that moment because I would have been flipping out. Well, yeah, but luckily, <laughs> on your behalf. luckily TEDx loves a pregnant pause. Mm. So you can say something like, so I really want us all to think about that. And then you just kind of get seven <laughs> seconds later, pick that thought I'm back up again. I'm going to give you lots of time lots to think Lots of about pregnancy, that. lots of pregnant pauses. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was the memorizing – and then I think what we'll probably spend a good part of our time talking about now is what was so difficult was things got very focused on the physical, on my yeah. physical appearance. Which the irony that your talk was largely based on clothes and closets and the things that they, the patriarchy tells us we should be wearing and how we should be looking and yet. Yes. So I had been researching for weeks even, you know, what did other people wear for their TEDx talk? And, you know, looking to see like Elizabeth Gilbert and Glennon Doyle and Brendan Bra Brené Brown and what did they all wear? Um, I made the choice. All women. Let's all just, women. The men can wear whatever they wear, want. You know, nobody notices. The they oh, want. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Yep. <laughs> and I had chosen to wear a fitted black dress, which was kind of a... Um, an out there choice for me because I don't typically wear super fitted things. You like your Eileen Fisher flowy? I like Eileen Fisher flowy. I'm not really sure the thought process behind the fitted black dress. Well, the the, the thought process I didn't want, ironically, and well, you'll understand why that's ironic in a minute, I didn't want my outfit to be the focus. Right. I wanted, because I was talking about clothes, I almost wanted to be dressed like a stagehand. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. a black dress that would kind of fade into the background. I wanted to kind of feel like I was putting myself out there. I was embracing my curves. It was a vulnerable choice because I've probably gained, I don't know, in the last year or so, maybe like 20 to 30 pounds. Um, but I made a specific choice that I was not going to be on some crash TEDx diet. No. I was just like, you know what? I, I'm i bringing my whole intellectual self and all my courage to that stage. I don't need to add on this other layer. It just doesn't feel like a priority to me in my life. 
Um, I did choose to get some shapewear. Mm -hmm. So I go to the rehearsal and I've got my shapewear on and I've got my tight um, black dress, not tight, but fitted black dress on. And I was thrilled as soon as I got off the stage to hear the feedback that the talk went amazing, so engaging, great. Um, But the suggestion was made, and I want to be super clear that this was not a suggestion that was made by the TEDx Rutgers Camden team because they were amazing. And I know that they would never have told me something like this, but there was someone there at the rehearsal that just happened to mention that I should wear some shapewear that the harsh lighting on the stage was accentuating my tummy, essentially. And that was very (sighs) difficult news, Brooke, because I was wearing shapewear. Yeah. And like, oh, there's just, it's such a loaded. Yeah. Yep. 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 (laughs) Continue. Sorry. I'll try not to. No, please. No. Go. No, I don't even. Yeah. It's just loaded. It's like, like you're up there talking about the patriarchy telling us what we should look like and what we should wear. And yet we hear that feedback and our first reaction is, or your first reaction and mine would have been too, oh crap, I need to take care of this because it's just so ingrained the diet culture and the the way that we're supposed to look and present ourselves and fit in and get the shapewear yep. that that's going to smooth and i mean yep it's so insidious and ugh. so yeah i'm like i just i got a call from you a little while later but continue okay so you get this feedback that your talk is great but all you hear right is i mean luckily I, you know i was I was really worried about the talk for some reason, you know, so like it would have been more devastating if they had been like, you look like a million bucks and your talk is terrible. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That talk though. Right. So I felt great that I had gotten the rehearsal done. The talk is good. That's great. But to get that feedback, it was, it was really difficult because you're just in this vulnerable, high pressure place. And it, if the, the intention of the feedback was, I appreciated it because the thing, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do a TEDx talk is because in, in many ways it, it does become like a launching place for more public speaking. And that video, you know, lives on in eternity. And so you want to feel really proud yeah. of that video. It's going to go in your email signature there, you know, anybody yeah. you encounter can go watch that video. Correct. So you want it to be a video where you feel like you're putting your best foot forward. And so my immediate reaction was, right, like I got to go fix this. So luckily, so at TEDx, um, it was in Rutgers Camden um, and Cherry Hill Mall was only 12 minutes away. So I was like, okay, I'm going to the mall. I'm either going to get more intense shapewear or I'm going to get a completely different outfit. More intense shapewear. If there's any (sighs) men listening, just consider that word intense. Yeah. And (laughs) I, it was funny because I had a three o'clock call with my speaker coach who is based in California and couldn't make it in person to the TEDx. And we were supposed to be doing another run through of my talk. And I was sitting in like some diner in the middle of the Cherry Hill Mall. And she's like, what's going on? And um, I told her what happened. And, you know, I just shared like, you know, we've developed such a close relationship over the past couple of months. And I really wish that she had been the one there in person because I feel like she would have been able to tell me, yeah, this is not a big deal or you can embrace this or you're fine, whatever. But, um, you know, I just shared with her, like, I'm pissed. I'm not pissed at these people. I'm just pissed that 
this is the way that it is yep. in quotes, yeah. right? And this is what my whole talk is about. You know, the talk has four rules and, you know, rule number two, brides should wear white kind of thing. I feel like I've just uncovered rule number four, women should have flat tummies yeah. at all times. Um, because if they don't, it's distracting. Yeah. And so I was pissed, but I felt like my knee jerk moment was just find a different outfit. Yeah. Problem solving mode solution. Yeah. Problem solving. Um, and looking back, you know, it's funny because so I'll talk in our sparking joy segment about the angel that I met as part of this process True and angel. the outfit that I ended up choosing and why I think it was right for so many reasons. So that is a little nugget that I'm really excited to share. But as I look back on this kind of debriefing the whole situation, you know, in the day after where I kind of got depressed the yeah. day after, it was just a lot. Yeah. It was just a lot physically, emotionally, all of that. Um, I found myself uh, saying things like, I wish I had, like, yeah. I wish I had just worn that black dress and let my belly hang out or, and even maybe incorporated into the talk with an extra sentence or two or something about like, heck, I'm up here, you know, whatever. Um, I regretted that I became so hyper-focused on the, on my appearance. I regretted that I let my own sort of inner voice be completely drowned out by these external voices. Yeah. But I'm changing that feeling of regret, that mindset of regret to this question that I'm, I don't know where I got this from. Um, so if anybody knows, or maybe I'll do some research to remember, but basically the question more to getting curious and asking, isn't it interesting? Mm. Isn't it interesting that my voice got drowned out so quickly? Yeah. Isn't it interesting that I didn't maybe, you know, ask for another opinion or ask them to take pictures of me? Or isn't it interesting? You know what I mean? So I'm trying to approach mm -hmm that not with, oh my God, I should have wished I had, like, let's just get curious yeah. about what happened. Isn't it interesting that it's kind of woman code that we are supposed to look out for each other in this way, but that's again, the patriarchy telling us that we have to have the flat tummies and we have to wear the fitted thing. And we, you know, just yeah. all of those loaded ideas that we are battling every day. Yeah. I mean, we're no strangers to them even you giving this amazing TED Talk and doing a lot of the inner work, but also being vulnerable here with us and saying, this is what your talk was about. And mm -hmm. you felt this pressure to still look a certain way. Right. It's always boggles my mind. Like for example, celebrities, like, I don't know, like Camilla, I don't know if she pronounces it Cabello. I think she does. Camilla mm -hmm. Cabello, for example. She gets a lot of flack if she gains weight. She is a singer. Her job is to sing. Right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I'm always baffled by that. Or Selena Gomez is getting flack for appearing, you know, slightly heavier on the Glo Golden Globes red carpet. She is a singer. And an actress, I believe. Like, like why? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it isn't her job. Um, but and, it has become our jobs, which is right. so frustrating. It's our appearances are so much more focused on. Right. So 
Luckily, um, and I'm really excited to share this resource with people. I already recruited one of your friends. Did you see my text message? I did. I did. Yeah. So there's this woman, Tova, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing her last name correctly, Tova Lee or Tova Lay. And we'll share a link in the show notes, but it's T-O-V-A-L-E-I-G-H. I don't know if she's original. I think she's like, she's been, lives all over the world. She's originally from Israel and I think lived in the UK and now has just recently moved to Portugal. But anyway, she is all about body image and feminism. And just this week, she has launched this course called Ignite Your Effort. She says the actual word, but Ignite Your Effort Attitude. And she calls it an online adventure. And you know, I love a course, Brooke. I, I mean, the moment you sent it, I was like, she's signing up. I'm signing up. <laughs> because first of all, it's $36. Because this week she's, um, if you use code TOVA50, you get 50% off. And it's basically just this lovely, like, it's just all about having this effort attitude. Yeah. Um, And so I already, you know, in this sort of post TEDx slump that I was in a little bit. It was really nice to just get like a pep talk from her. Yeah. Um, so we'll post about that. But it was funny because in the sort of sizzle reel that she shows, there's a, one of her giving a talk on a stage with a very fitted black dress. And it was not her skinniest moment. And she's out there. And she is, she looks amazing. Yeah. You know? Well, and just the idea of like your skinniest moment. Like, Correct. you know, that's just something that we, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, I'm like, I know we can battle it all we want, but that's still, that's still been ingrained in us for so long. Yeah. 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 Having a skinniest moment at yeah. all. Yep. So when I did this, uh, you know, I talked, I've talked a lot about the positive intelligence work and all that kind of stuff in your saboteur. So to close this out, I think I always try to ask the question, what's the gift? Hmm. And so I do feel like the gift of, I mean, the gift of the whole TEDx experience is like priceless. I can't even express all of that. But the gift of this sort of body image crisis happening when it did is that I just feel very emboldened yeah. to learn from the experience. I feel more emboldened to embrace myself as I am. And, in, and I feel more emboldened to just incorporate this into future talks. And um, yeah, I mean, just even sharing it today, like just yeah, empowering other people to share more vulnerably. We appreciate oh. your vulnerability. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, and it's that type of thing that we all probably need a little regular maintenance and the reminders that um, we can embrace ourselves as is. And, but unfortunately we live in a society that often we need those regular check-ins and reminders with ourselves. It's not yeah. always just that you can completely change your mindset overnight and say, F it, you know, this is, it's, it's a deeply big undertaking. It's That's exactly ingrained. what I was talking about in my talk where essentially we've been programmed, we're like computers. We've been programmed a certain way. Yeah. And when we are asked to think in a different way, it's like the, the smoke just starts coming out of the computer. You yeah. know, it's, yeah. Well, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to hear what's sparking joy for you, which continues the story a little bit. And I'm excited to to give my perspective because I was a small part <laughs> of this story, but we'll be right back. Okay. You're listening to the Good Enough-ish podcast with Amanda Jefferson and Brooke Forey. 
Visit goodenoughish.com for show notes with information from each episode, as well as links to all the places where you can find us on the internet. Now back to the show. We are back. We're back, Amanda. It's <laughs> just like, woo. I love it though, because like I said, I feel like this is, there's just so much relatability oh in what you went through, regardless of if you're going for a TED talk or if you want to be a speaker at all, or just the whole thing comes down to vulnerability and putting yourself out there. And sometimes the little things that can get us off track and remind us of why we're doing what we're doing, even when we are still affected by this patriarchy, diet culture, monster mm-hmm. thingy. Mm-hmm. So tell us, <laughs> related to your story, what is sparking joy? Because I love this little, this story. I know. Basically, um, what is sparking joy for me is this amazing, beautiful connection that I made with this man, Shay, in the Cherry Hill Mall at White House Black Market mm-hmm. in my dark moment when I was in panic mode and, you know, it's 12 minutes away from the TEDx, so I went over there. And... I walked into the store and, you know, the salespeople are there and they just sort of give you the, hi, can I help you with something? I don't really remember <laughs> yes, I do. what happened, yeah. but I feel like I may have grabbed him by the shoulders. Aww. Well, first of all, I just was so attracted to him as a person immediately. Really handsome, wearing a um, velvet black turtleneck, like fitted pants, like shiny loafers, a nose ring. We love Shay. We love him. And so I think I might've grabbed him by the shoulders and I was like, listen, this is the situation. I'm giving a huge talk tomorrow. I just got back from rehearsal and the dress that I put on stage is not going to work. I had tummy issues and you need to help me. And I think I think I'm making this part up, but he may have said, "Girl, I got you." I don't think you're making it up, or maybe in your that's that was what was emanating from Shay. Yes. He just had this warmth, and like you just you put all your trust in Shay. Yes, yes. I and and he was just like this angel, like beaming at me from the corner, and um, <laughs> I. So and I explained to him, I was like, listen, I know it sounds strange, but like in the talk, I talk about black blazer. I can't wear a black blazer. I can't wear white because it's on stage. I can't wear pointy heels because I talk about pointy heels. And he's just like, I'm going to start pulling some things. And that's when I started to feel like pretty woman. And he was like, I'm just going to start pulling some things. Pretty woman after she's. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first experience Not shopping. Not that we can't serve people like you. Correct. Pretty woman. Right. But he's pulling things. I'm looking around. And like at one point, I'm like, Shay, this is fun. And he's like, isn't it fun? And we're just (laughs) – so we're just having fun. And so he pulls all this stuff and I start trying things on. And he's just this lovely – honest, caring, like, oh, I love that on you. Like, "Mm, I'm not sure about that or, you know. And so I'm trying on this blue suit. And which I love because it was stretchy waistband, felt like pajamas. It was like, I mean, I so, sorry to interrupt, but Please. like you FaceTimed me. And so I saw it and it looked cozy yes. and like, but then when I saw you at TEDx and I touched it because <laughs> I had to like feel the fabric, I was like, oh, it is more of like a suit type of material, but it looked like, 
um, loungewear almost. It, it was like upscale loungewear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There was something about it that felt like that comfortable, easy, breezy yes. you. Like yes. it, it, it fit you. Yes. Like it fit your personality. Yeah. yeah. It felt like, right, it felt like a more relaxed version, a much more relaxed version of my former corporate self. Yes. And so I FaceTimed you. And you're like, oh, hi. Like, I'm in the gas station. I'm like, yeah, I don't care. Um, <laughs> pay attention to, yeah. what, to oh, me. Oh, no. I got right, right back now. in the car. So yeah. I could say, yep. <laughs> and then, you know, because I'm FaceTiming you, no shame. Like, everybody at this point is participating. Yeah. There was a woman who was like, I love that color in you. And you turned the phone around so I could see her. I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> hey, stranger. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Shay is still flitting around and bringing in other things. And... Um, it was just, and it was just really great. And then he steamed the suit for me. And then it turns out that night when I was online checking like how people styled the suit and things like that, the color of the suit is true indigo. That is the name of the color. And your business. And my business is indigo, indigo organizing. organizing. We've got the indigo girls connection. Like it just, it was truly <sighs> meant to be like, yeah. and I don't say that lightly. No. Yeah. No, I don't either. And I feel like, you know, it's funny because I don't love, I don't love the way the suit looks on the video. That's just part of oh, the, I, do. I know okay. it's just part of the, where I am right now, the fo hyper-focusing on the physical. I don't love it. I love the suit and I definitely see myself wearing it a ton. I just don't love it. It just, when I see that suit on the stage, I see what happened. Yeah. That's what yeah. I see. Yeah. Um, but I honestly believe that that color true indigo was almost – it was the signal to me that, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's not about this suit. It's about you. It's about what's inside of you. It's about mm -hmm. the true indigo. It's about the whole point of why you're doing all this. And that warmth and connection that you had with Shay and – like you had fun yeah. and he had fun and he felt helpful and we got a selfie. <laughs> you sent me a picture like 10 minutes later. I was like, did you just acquire a new best friend? Like <laughs> in the 10 minutes since you were panicking, panicking in a dressing room, like I, there's just so many lessons to be taking, taken from that spark joy moment. Yes. Like it wasn't about the outfit, but it was about how you felt you could carry yourself. And after you received the feedback, that was disappointing and, you know, just kind of set you into a bit of a tailspin. At that point, all you needed was just something yes. that made you feel confident. It ultimately did not and does not matter how it looked, but it was going to be how you felt walking out onto that stage wearing whatever you chose to be wearing. Mm -hmm. um, but like, I think it's also just the whole experience is such a lesson in like, I don't know, you could have walked into a store and taken that stress and panic and like maybe not been super kind right. to a sales associate. Right. I think it's a reminder that we always have opportunities to make connections with people that yeah. want to help us. Yeah. I think the large majority of human beings are helpful and kind and wonderful, but often we have to open ourselves up to that wonderfulness. Mm -hmm. And we have to, like, I love that you feel you're not really sure, but you feel like you took Shay by the shoulders and was like, I need your help. Um, Touch a stranger without permission, you know. I just mean, to <laughs> but I feel like Shay's fur, whatever he was wearing, it, it he presented himself as this helpful open angel, character. open 
I mean, he's working in a position that he obviously probably enjoys helping people. So like you were not totally taking a chance on like going up to him and be like, I need your help. But I don't know. There's just, again, so many lessons in. Well, yeah, it, was, it kind of goes back to that help idea. Like, and you know, Shay is a stylist. He's an expert in that. I am not a stylist. And so I was like, okay, I relinquish all control of the situation <laughs> and I'm letting you do this. But yeah, like you said, I could have approached it very much from like a, you know, do you need help today? No, no, no. I'm just browsing. And I could have just walked around that store stressed out. Right. You know, not accepted his help. Correct. Sometimes we have to just accept the help. Yeah. So yeah. we'll put a little, I still haven't because I tried to post like tag him and everything but the wi-fi was terrible at the so I, I haven't been able to even share that much about tedx and everything but i'm gonna put him on instagram and tag okay okay we love shay i feel like i need to go have a lunch he everybody at tedx knew about shay because several of the other speakers kind of knew the ins and outs of what was going on with the dress and also had a lot of like what the heck you know yeah and but they all had very warm emotions towards yeah. Shay. and i forgot to mention before but i wanted to throw in a little additional tidbit just about the timing of that feedback and how it affected you in this very like vulnerable time and also a time that you worked so hard to get there um it reminded me of when i was in college and i've mentioned before that i was really involved in a theater group and it was like it was just the highlight of my college experience even though i am not a great singer which you've all heard and <laughs> i you know was mostly always involved in theater because i enjoyed dancing and i always just wanted to be in like the the community. ensemble I and know. the community of of wonderful people but there was a performance, I think it was my sophomore or junior year maybe, that we were doing a show and right before the show started, like one of my former castmates brought up an, an issue that like we resolved later, but it was like the timing of that Ugh. affected my whole performance. And that was what I thought of when you called me and you're like, so I got this feedback and I'm on my way to Cherry Hill Mall and I'm going to go to And then, you know, you FaceTimed me a little bit late, later, like, I just, I felt for you because I knew that you could do all the personal work in the world and be yeah. like, no, I don't receive that feedback. I am not going to let this affect me. Like you're a human being. Yeah. You'd let it affect you. Yeah. And I thought of that moment when I was in not nearly as vulnerable of a position, but like I was about to go on stage for something that I loved and cared about and I was totally thrown off. Like it's yeah. just really hard to get your mind in a different place. So I felt for you. Um, but I'm so glad that despite the internal conflict and, and things that it brought Shay to you. Oh. And we're gonna we're gonna share this episode with Shay because I have a feel I know that's the not the last time that I'm gonna see oh, Shay. No, we're gonna take some field trips to the Cherry Hill Mall. Yeah. Like we, we don't that's not a place we usually frequent, but we're going. Yeah, yeah we're, we're gonna, going. I kind of want to have my own pretty pretty woman moment. Like can we just go shopping there and let Shay yeah. pull all the clothes for us and we're just gonna look amazing because yes. Shay is going to style us. Yes. Okay. Um, I also, one last thing at White House Black Market, I got another dress that I showed you and I didn't put it on for you and we chose that. We decided it was, remember the floral one that had the oh, ruching? Yes. Yeah, no. I bought that. I said no. I'm like, yeah, no. I, I bought it, but I also want to share with you, Brooke, a little something that I learned after I bought it. It's reversible. What? It is a reversible dress. It has a different floral pattern on the other side. Oh, this is intriguing. See, I mean, my last experience with Black House White, wait, White, White House, House Black, Black Market, Market. I was I was reversing mm -hmm. them. 
White House Black Market was like, you know, in high school when right, that long used to time be ago. like a prom yeah. dress uh-huh. type of place. Yeah. I didn't know that they had this much color. I didn't know that no, they had pattern. So yeah. Reversible dress. Reversible. Okay. We are going to take a look at this because this is groundbreaking. Yeah. Um, especially if you like both patterns, then that. I like the first pattern much more than the other pattern. Okay. I haven't actually put it on my body with the second pattern. I do believe that they are both within our color palette. Okay. Our Moonlit Winter yes. from Color Guru. Which okay. the True Indigo um, suit absolutely oh, is. Yes, I was palette. getting out my color card, uh, my digital color card while I was in my car at the <laughs> gas station trying to assist. Yeah. 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 All right. This is going to be a huge transition. You know? But, you know, I feel like people have heard enough about my chat at this point. So let's change topics and, Brooke, talk about... What are you doing to do your future self a favor? And I am so intrigued by this because this is a personal problem that yes. I experience well, as well. So we both experienced this problem with partners who mm. may have a little bit of a snoring thing. Shoo. Yeah. So it's one of those things that um, – <laughs> just, I don't even know where to begin. Nick, I like watching you do the I'm mental so- acrobats, abatics of how you cannot – it's completely Listen, throw Nick under the I bus. I mean, it's not his fault. Like, it's whatever. But, like, it's disruptive. He's also someone that I think I've discussed could fall asleep standing up or, like, the moment his head hits mm-hmm, the pillow, mm-hmm. we joke, it's three, two, one, sleep. Mm-hmm. Whereas I need to do my full, like, mm-hmm. routine and get my book and I have to have um, – Water and chapstick. Oh, and-, and I have to have, like, the sheet, uh, the top sheet. I'm still a top sheet. I know that these millennials – I think this is what makes me more of a Gen Xer instead of a millennial is that I like the top sheet. Yeah. Have you heard this thing that millennials don't yep. use top sheets, yep. which is just weird to me? Another topic for another day. Okay. But like I have to have the top sheet a certain way. So like I need to have very specific sleeping conditions. Nick can fall asleep anywhere, anytime. Correct. Just give him a three, two, one countdown. But the snoring is loud mm-hmm. and it's disruptive. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes by 2 a.m. he will end up on the couch because I mm-hmm. can't handle the snoring anymore. I don't even know how I found this product. I went down some sort of rabbit hole because yeah. I'm sure my phone was listening to me and presented one product. <laughs> and then I somehow found this other product that was $12 okay. on Amazon. So I'm like, okay, nothing to lose here. And it's an – okay. So the description, you know how the oh, Amazon, the Amazon description descriptions are great. Anti-snoring device, snore stopper, silicone magnetic nose clip. Comfortable and reusable nasal to relieve snore six pieces. <laughs> so they pack in all those keywords. The nasal definitely felt like the most random word in there. Like yeah, it wasn't connected to anything know. else. Yeah. So I, d- I barely even read the description. I was like, $12. It's got 23,000 reviews. It's got four and a half stars. So I was just like, I'm buying it. Okay. And I told Nick, I was like, I bought you this thing because this is one of my 2023 goals is to help him to resolve the snoring because Uh I feel like it's disruptive. So anyway, listen, it hasn't hasn't 100% resolved the snoring. Okay. But the kids and I have all noticed that when he's wearing it, it does like either minimize the initial <laughs> freight train snore that often happens when he first falls into a deep sleep. Uh-huh. So I'm calling it a partial win. Okay. Because it's Good at least ish. like if he's not snoring while I'm trying to fall asleep, 
that's the key. If right. he's snoring in the middle of the night, I don't know that it wakes me up. Yes. I mean, I'm asleep. I don't know. It's the falling asleep that if, if there's a noise in yes. the room, I have trouble falling asleep. So that, if you need to do your future self or your partner or, you know, housemate or whatever, a favor, I recommend this $12 anti-snoring device snore stopper silicone <laughs> magnetic nose clip for Nasal. you. So we'll link to it in the show notes. Um, okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. And super quick little tidbit, but we did, um, and, and we include this in the show notes as well, but note that sometimes the links are affiliate links and we might be earning a small commission. So just putting that out there that um, Amazon links are now going to be affiliate links. So you're supporting the podcast by buying the things that we recommend. Yes. Yeah. Love just, that. I like to be win, transparent win. there. You know. Can we get a snoring thing for Junie? I don't know if they Junie have them for dogs. is also a very intense snorer. Yeah. I need to research if that means something's wrong. Oh, you know, no. Aren't dogs? I don't know. I don't know. Is it dog sleep apnea? <laughs> I don't know. We'll do a pet medicine sleep study on yeah. Junie. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think with dogs, you just put them in another room. <laughs> but I know she likes to snuggle with you. Oh, so she does. Anyway, that's that's Brooke, what I'm doing. This we've covered a, a real, lot of gr- We've got like did. nose plugs, um, Shay, body <laughs> image. Big goals, yeah. putting yourself out there, vulnerability. Yeah, I know. I would I feel love like to a... hear from you all. Yeah. You know, I'd love to hear from you all. Um, you know, watch the talk. You know, I'd love any feedback that you have or thoughts that you have, like what conversations that sparked for you. And love to sh- would love your thoughts on, you know, what happened and if you've had similar body image issues come up. And yeah, you know, just love to hear from you all. Yeah. Thanks for listening. All right. Okay, bye. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Good Enough-ish. We will be back each week with new topics, stories, tips, and personal experiences, as well as some good old friendly banter and lots of laughter. Don't forget to find us on Instagram at goodenough.ish. Email us at goodenoughishpodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 484-440-9498 with questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.